the Vox website has begun to aggregate all the positions of the Democratic 2020 candidates, including guns, immigration, Medicare for all, the wealth tax, and climate change. We're going to break all that down in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Choo, choo, choo. We're back. Our last episode without Bobby. It's true. Hopefully he's having a good time wherever he is. Again, still on quote unquote vacation. Yeah. You know, he's either been captured (laughs) or he's on 90 Day Fiance or something like that. Oh, good call. Because I think he might be out of the country. Interesting. Good call. Yeah. We'll find out. There's a wide spectrum of possibilities because it's Bobby. It's true. Uh, So we really have. Or he could still be in Santa Barbara. I don't know. You he never could, know. He could be right guy. outside the studios. That's true. <laughs> he, just, he just didn't want to do two episodes. That's right. What's going on in the world of the feds? So I thought um, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of take a little detour from our normal uh, California topics. Yeah. Um, if we're good to dive in to. Um, yeah, go for it. Man. Yeah. So I, I just want to do. Uh, I just had a little update. Oh, that's right. There is one. This is interesting because it's a topic we've talked about before. Yeah. Right? Oh. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we covered how the NCAA, well, how California wanted public yeah. schools to start paying athletes. And that was in stark contrast to the NCAA's rules of not paying athletes. But California wanted to pay them for their name and likeness, and the law passed. And there was an article yeah. written. Um, where did I read it? ESPN? Uh, no, it wasn't. ES- it was another sports site. But. It was basically in regards to golf athletes in college. And this is one of those things where we we pass a law because it sounds great and we just kind of think of basketball and football mm-hmm. and we don't think about the other ramifications of people outside the NCAA like golfers. So to be an amateur with the PGA, you can't take any money for anything. Once you start taking money, you start falling into pro status. So... The article just basically talked about how, yeah, we keep thinking about the NCAA as the only entity these things apply to. Right. But when it comes to the, uh, as far as the PGA is concerned, um, you can't be taking money. And then you're going to force these kids to take money. And it's going to put them in a predicament with their status with the PGA. It's interesting, too, because I think golf is one of the few sports where th- this this notion of being an amateur still has a a healthy place, a, a status, or, you know, you'll see people on, even like at the Masters and some amateur right. qualified or, or it's one of the last places where you, you, you don't see an amateur playing for the Lakers or something, right? Right. But golf, given maybe probably because of its individual nature, you still see this. And so it, it, it is kind of an interesting secondary ramification um, right. of what California's doing. Right. So the actual language says that, Golf's amateur status rules prohibit amateur golfers from receiving payment or compensation directly or indirectly for promoting or selling anything based off their golf skill or reputation. The rules also keep amateur golfers from using their name or likeness for promotion, advertising, or sale of anything, even if no payment or compensation is provided. Violation of these rules are grounds for golfers to lose their amateur status. Pretty 
cut and dry from what California is trying to provide. Right. I don't see how. Now, I guess I'm assuming in California you're still going to have as, as a student athlete, you'll still have the option, even if you're on the golf team, of saying, no, no. Well, I, I don't. Who knows how it's going to work, right? Is that on a team basis? And like if you're on the golf team at UCLA, right. let's say. And it's kind of agreed upon that, well, this team, yeah, no, we're going to take money from Adidas for our gear and we're going to spread that out amongst. Right. Even at that point, if you deny that money on the team, are you, who knows? This is, this is Wild West time. I think it's, you came up with a law and then you didn't really, you didn't think it through like a lot of these stupid laws. You mean like on the last episode where about the tax returns? And oh yeah. We didn't Trump think that one through. Yeah. Now we're wasting tax money in the courts. There's an infinite supply of that though, so. That's why we started banks. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, so for this episode, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to take a little different uh, path and kind of back up and talk about the Fed in terms of the 2020 election, but doing it in a way where we've had, what, two, three debates, I think now? Yeah. Starting to get whittled down in numbers. And some general themes obviously, from these debates are starting to come forward, from the liberal progressive wing especially. But I thought it'd be interesting, um, one of our favorite heavily liberal websites, Vox, uh, to their credit, has actually done, I think, a nice job of, again, from a liberal bent, but aggregating a lot of the candidates' positions. And in many ways, what's happening is people who maybe have watched the debates... Uh, I, although I understand if, why you haven't. But if you've watched the debates, it's getting really hard to tell the differences between them because a lot of them are in agreement, and then the, but there's like one microscopic way in which they differ. Right. They don't really differ. That can be confusing. Yeah, so I thought we'd take uh, some time to talk about a variety of topics, uh, gun control, immigration, Medicare for all, wealth taxes, kind of just taxes also in general, uh, climate change, and just go through those from mostly a high level in terms of the aggregate position of these candidates. And in, in, in some of the cases, getting down into specific candidates, oftentimes uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, somewhat because they're kind of out in front, right? I mean, Uncle Joe, you know. Well, he, Bernie's biggest opponent's his body right now. Uh, yeah, Bernie had a, had a kind of a heart issue yeah uh which is going to be interesting to find out about how he he should release his medical bills and his <laughs> and his medical treatment stuff prior to being on the california ballot what do you think how much play is he going to get out of this for health care for all and medicare for all well he can really only go one way with it right he's got to bash all his doctors in the system that's yeah right because because if he shows that it was successful, That's then he, he kind of shows the system works, right? Or he should have went outside the country and got it done in a nice socialist system. Or what about this angle? See, I everything that that uh, happened for me was good, good care, etc. But that's because I have the. A, a government-sponsored plan, not not government doctors. I have a plan that you know the U.S. government. It's like a Cadillac plan. I want all of you mm. to have that Cadillac plan. Does that does that angle work? I, You're not feeling it. He, what he should say is, "I have money." Uh, that's right. <laughs> but then he's got to not be part of the the plebes anymore. 
uh, he's going to actually come to terms that he's a millionaire. Thanks to my last book deal. <laughs> right. I was able to get the surgery. Exactly. <laughs> Good old Bernie. Okay. Let's dive in. And I feel... So, for anyone who's interested, at Vox.com, they kind of are have a running website where they are aggregating by topic uh, various stories and candidate positions. So for anyone who's interested in kind of that next layer, and we're going to go into some of them here, but that next layer down on these topics of where these candidates stand, it's kind of interesting. I got to admit, they, they did a nice job putting it all together. Again, heavily liberal, but nonetheless, it's going to work for what we're trying to do here. So we're going to start with gun control. And I figure... We're just going to kind of go through these positions and where they, again, these are topics where if you've watched the debates, you hear them talking about gun control and then they start yelling at each other. And then you hear them talk about Medicare for all and they yell at each other. What I kind of wanted to do here, and then we kind of both chime in when we come up with the, uh, when we talk about the general position, is uh, to get that next layer down, get some specifics. So here we go. Uh, Gun control. The first thing that most of the progressive liberal candidates support in gun control is universal background checks. Mm, buzzword. Right. Now, thank you. That's, that's good. Correct me if I'm wrong. We we have background. We're in a state, California, right, that, that that's what we do right. already, right? And right. so the, the general thing here is these people are trying to champion for the country doing what California does. Right. Um, their problem, they say, is that unlicensed sellers like family members uh, or getting something over the internet or at a gun show, you don't have to run a check. Universal background checks attempt to stamp out the unlicensed sellers by requiring a background check for all or nearly all gun transactions. Um, thoughts. My first one, I don't want this. this right. I mean, we're talking databases here, right? I Yeah. I, I think the database... The database part is where we have a problem. Right. I've kind of gone back and forth on this because I do think you have to weed out crazies, right? But yep. I think when you start adding a lot of these policies, you weed out people who aren't crazy and you place more restrictions in front of people that aren't crazy and have a right to bear arms, right? And you get you get in a weird spot because you wonder well here's a philosophical question for you okay is it worth limiting the rights of people you might mm. wrongly catch in mm-hmm. the system mm-hmm. to get one person who 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 should know a gun right so like our justice system for instance is built on the the premise that We'd rather have a guilty person go free than accidentally incarcerate an innocent person. So we're willing to deal with its imperfections, uh, even if that means we let a guilty person go free. Because our north, quote unquote, north star is freedom, right. right? Liberty and freedom, right? Yeah. And is that how we want to look at this? Hmm. Although it's almost the reverse I, of that, right? That's it's, right. That's right. Do we want to limit the freedoms of some if it means catching more bad people? And I think saying what you're saying in a slightly different way, uh, I agree with the theory. The problem is the people who would be in charge of it. Right. I don't trust farther than I could throw them. That's always been the issue with 
things like no fly lists and stuff is right. it's very uh, arbitrary who ends up on that list. Right. And you can end up on it for just pissing off the wrong person. Totally. It's kind of also when you get arrested and they confiscate all your guns and then it's up to you to have to get them all back. Right. Right. The, bur- any, the burden. Where's right. the burden? Lie? Any kind of domestic issue, whether or not it really happened, just the accusation of. Right. And, and that's, that's to that exact point. That's we're going to get there here in one second. Next, but huge buzzword, huge buzzword. And they're all against. I'm this. ready on the button. Assault weapon ban. You mean scary black gun. That's right. Uh, things that just look menacing. I love these charts I see <laughs> of like 870s, just a classic Remington 870 shotgun. Right. Right. Same one police use. Right. Same one people use to hunt. Right. Comes in a variety of different looks and right. colors, some with a wooden stock, some that have like a carbon type stock or plastic. Fires the same round. Fires the same exact round, just 12 gauge ammo. Right. And... Some look super tactical, right? Right, and scary right. and military esque, and other ones look like something your grandfather would have on the mantle. Yeah, you know, and right. you go on a hunting trip and a beautiful like carved That's right. piece. That's right. Same gun, different look, same ammo, no difference. Exactly. But if you show somebody these two guns, one is scary black, tactical assault weapon looking, and the other one's a hunting shotgun. Right. Right. And. These buzzwords are, they're terrible. And it's usually by, made by people who have no clue what guns Not are. Not a single clue. Whenever you hear them talking and they start. We've played clips on this show, oh, yeah. right? Um, what, what, what was, was Oh, oh uh, Leon. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. A 30,000 round magazine Mag- clip. Right. Like, what, 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 what are you even talking about? There? He came up with something out of nowhere. <laughs> So a lot of these candidates, they want to bring back the federal assault weapons ban, right? Enacted in 94 under Clinton, expired in 2004. Um, th- some want to go further. Uh, they want to require gun owners actually turn in banned weapons through a mandatory buyback. I, that's another bu- Like Australia did. Didn't right. Australia yeah. do that? Right. It's another buzzword, slightly less popular. Buyback programs that's right. don't work. That's right. Man- mandatory buyback programs gather up all the guns children right so that we can have the monopoly on guns that's what beta o'rourke came out right that's the clip that's become famous right he wants to ban guns that's right okay so we've done universal background checks assault weapons bans now the next one those two have been around for a long time right Right. this next one goes to what you were saying red flag laws (laughs) could allow a family member neighbor Mm. close friend teacher disgruntled or, wife or girlfriend right, boyfriend fill in the blank to report a quote extreme risk end quote of violence to the courts the court could then order the seizure of a person's weapons can you define extreme risk uh if you don't know what it is then you need to have your weapons banned right i mean it's terrible you want to talk about a slippery slope yeah i don't like you today dial a phone number I'm at quote unquote extreme risk right now from Louis. You need to go to his place and right. take everything he's got. And now it's up to you to come up with justifications on why. Correct. These are interesting because they operate off the guilty and proven <laughs> Exactly. Right. And they're so fundamentally different than how our courts are set up of totally. innocent until proven guilty. These are the always the polar opposite. 
all these allegations, even just in the media, are always guilty until you prove your innocence. But it's funny, right? Because to that point, running through this is a thread, again, of what we talked about in the last episode. Um, the thread that ultimately they don't want guns. So, right. so that's the Machiavellian end goal. So we're willing to turn on its head the normal uh, due system of due process because the end goal is to get rid of guns. So we're going to couch this one in something that sounds heartfelt good if you feel you're at extreme risk. You have to take it there in order to make any of this make sense. Right. right? And, and That's right. I say that because when it comes to the mass shooting stuff, it's such a small, insignificant statistic. And I know I sound cold nope. and callous. Numbers are numbers. The FBI has numbers, right. and they bear this out. Out of the 50 million people that own guns... The the mass shooting stuff is such a minute blip. It's not even it's negligible. It's not even registered on the numbers, right? It's true. But if you want to look at stuff on the numbers, it's handgun violence in the inner cities. That yep. occurs every day, all day. It's true. Look at Chicago. Some of the strictest gun gun laws in the world are in Chicago, and it's one of the deadliest, most unsolved homicide states in the world. That's right. But then, but then what's interesting is from a different angle, which supports still everything we're saying here. If you look at FBI statistics since, since like the eighties, we have been, we are at like half the homicide rate right now. We don't have an assault weapons ban right now. Overall, violent crime and homicides have come down exactly. overall, right? You wouldn't know it if you watch the debates. Right. And so I say all that just to say. If you are that concerned about mass shootings, then you should be concerned about handgun violence. Exactly. And nobody will come out and say they want to ban handguns because it's very hard for them to get through That's right. <laughs> get through the criticism they would get from that. But when you take these things to their logical conclusion, it's you want to ban guns. You have to. Because you can't say that I'm against mass shootings and assault weapons and rifles and shotguns but I'm for handguns, which kill an infinitely more amount of people. So you've got to take it to the point of, I just don't want guns. It's funny. Uh, someone put together, um, it's actually, it comes from the FBI numbers. From 2004 to 2011, you look at firearm homicides. If you take their, let's loosely, but it's probably pretty accurate. If you take their definition of assault weapons, out of 75,700 firearm homicides between 2004 and 2011, so let's call it roughly yeah, 75,000. Okay. 385 were done by quote-unquote assault weapons. Not even significant. Yeah, right. So if you're, if you're talking about numbers and stats and where to target, but see this, it's all about marketing, mm-hmm. right? It's all about headlines. Well, and, <laughs> and you tie all this together to then blame it on the NRA. Oh, jeez. Look, you can't blame that on the NRA and at the same time not blame Planned Parenthood for anything. Correct. Be consistent. Both giant lobby organizations, both on opposite sides of the political spectrum, we could probably assume. But you can't say Planned Parenthood's not responsible for abortions, but the NRA is responsible for gun violence. That's liberal logic. Right. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, Under gun control, another one. Closing loopholes. Now, that one we hear right all the time. That's one they're big on. I hate the term loophole. Oh, I, 
No joke. It's, I, I'm going to go on a tangent on that. People use the attack I, stuff all the time. Totally and you're like, agree. you mean they followed the tax law? Well, no, that was a loophole. No, well, what, what did they do illegal? Well, nothing, but... So they followed the law. Calling it a loophole brings in a, a biased comment about you, right. what you think is the validity of that thing. What loophole means is that I don't like this part of the law, and I don't like that you get to That's use right. it, That's and right. I don't. That's right. So it's a loophole. That's right. So I've been, I guess there's a boyfriend loophole. It lets people get a gun even if they have a protective order against them due to a dating relationship. Mm. There's also the Charleston loophole. Why is it called the boyfriend loophole, not the girlfriend loophole? Oh. Or the what would it be? Are you, but you're not it, woke enough, John. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I apologize. Let me rename it the ex friend loophole. <laughs> Does that the friend friend X? <laughs> are we okay with that? Uh, let's do that. Okay, friend X. Less offensive. So there's the friend X loophole. There's also the Charleston loophole. Now that allows a small number of people to obtain a gun without completing a background check if the check takes too long. I, there must be some states and areas that allow that. Oh, are you saying they might use the background? Uh, to beat you into submission and finally give up. <laughs> no. Is that what you're saying? No, no, because these... Look, I mean, the background could take one to seven years, and uh, I don't know we'll where you back to you. I just don't know where you've been, but everyone who has power in this world uses it sensibly. Did you, did you, did you make an appointment? <laughs> did you get a number and wait in line? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm thinking DMV, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, you're H4050. Oh, my God. Now serving number nine. What a joke. There's also gun licensing. This is number five. Gun licensing would require a license to In purchase. In a database? Uh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, they say obtaining a license would involve a background check, but also more extensive vetting process that can require submitting fingerprints and a photo, interviews with law enforcement, and a gun safety training course. Who's going to do all this? Not to, All you do is you, you make such a bureaucracy to where you can't own a gun. Did you hear any of... I mean, I, I don't know it by heart, but I've read the Second Amendment a couple times. Any of those words, did those show up? Do you, do you remember those in the Second Amendment? Fingerprints, mm. photos. I'm searching. Interview. Law enforcement. Gun safety training course. Now, that might... I got to read it again. That one might be in there. Well, <laughs> John, look, <laughs> the founder said a lot of things. Does that mean you can own a tank? <laughs> Liberal or a logic. cannon. Liberal logic. Uh, and this last one, they want to repeat this. Now, this one, this one's a little. It's not as popular as the other ones uh, in terms of how much press and, and take all the guns mentioning it. Right. <laughs> the repealing of the 2005 Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. So this was the one that protects gun manufacturers and sellers from lawsuits that hold them liable for dealing in firearms that end up in criminal hands. Even before the PLCAA passed, litigation against gun makers and sellers was consistently failing in court. But this is where Bernie and Elizabeth come out and say, we need to hold the gun manufacturers accountable, right? It's, You've heard them say that's this, right? that's this point right here. It's kind of analogous to the over-serving laws and bars. I right, feel like. that's right. exactly um, right. That's you exactly right. you get drunk, you kill someone uh, driving home, and we're going to hold the bartender or the establishment right responsible instead of your dumbass that shouldn't have drank and drove. And that's back to us the slippery slope idea that we talk about a lot. Uh, well, then should the manufacturer of it, should Captain Morgan's be yeah, how liable? far back do we right. take it? Tito's. I mean, yeah. who's liable here? The guy who picked the sugar cane for the rum. <laughs> right. Like how far back do we go? That's exactly right. 
Exactly. Um, so to get to a couple of specifics uh, on candidates, Warren, she she uh, wants federally funded gun violence research. She promises. Well, what to, are we researching? No, 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 you know, Louis, you're you're getting to details here. <laughs> All these are, buzzwords no, and no, phrases. Louis. Come on, <laughs> come on. You just add research to anything, and no, all no. of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, why shouldn't we give them money for that? They're, we're gonna, we're, they're researching. Research equals goodness. Of course. Don't you understand? Not slush fund or no. Um, at, uh, we want to promise to return to the issue of firearms annually. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Adding new ideas and tweaking existing ones based on new data. I feel like these are all things I use to build up like job descriptions <laughs> right. on my resume. When, we, right. when you when you were like worked at hot dog on a stick right. and that's all you've done, like these are the sorts of right. things you right. resort to. I uh, procured uh, meat and sticks <laughs> for consumption by humans. Ran uh, kitchen logistics. Yeah, uh, you know, logistics manager for a large <laughs> commercial chain of restaurants. <laughs> That were inside large corporate buildings. Uh, and responsible for multiple branches. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a branch manager <laughs> of a hot dog on a stick right. in my multicolored hat. Exactly. Um, and O'Rourke and Booker, we mentioned O'Rourke earlier, they definitely want mandatory buyback programs for assault weapons. Uh. Um, okay. Uh, immigration. I don't have as many notes on that one, but there's some interesting points in here. First of all, Pathway to citizenship, right? We keep hearing about that. Every candidate supports a path to citizenship for the people currently living in the U.S. without papers, not just those who came in as children. So that's like a given, right? That's the base level of everyone you see on stage, essentially. In the that's next the day. grandfather clause, basically. That's right. Um, the new one, right? Maybe you might, this might sound familiar from the debates. They're calling for repeal to repeal the provision that makes illegal entry into the U.S. a federal crime, right? This one kind of got dropped on the, uh, dropped on the stage two debates ago. This whole thing of uh, Sanders, Warren, um, some of these people aren't in the race anymore, but Yang, they love this idea, right? It's, it's not illegal. The optics of saying that you've done something federal, a federal crime, that's mean. It's so, so it should be, ridiculous. Oh, it's beyond. So what would it be, a state crime? Yeah, what a misdemeanor. Or a, well, but I mean, oh, no, no, uh, 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 civil. It's 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 not. Uh, it's a civil infraction, not. Um, it seems bogus. I, totally, you entered into the country, and most countries they just shoot you, right? Like <laughs> right. try going through a, like a, a border you know, in the Middle East. It's funny you say that because they'll just the, shoot you. In our next topic, we're I mean, there's a couple points in terms of what other countries do that makes makes it a little interesting when we talk about it in healthcare. We'll get How many countries do you think you could go to? Oh jeez. And say, "Look, man, I know I'm here illegally. I just got I got here 5 years ago. So you should just give me a pathway to be a citizen." I mean, I'm already here. You couldn't even count that on one hand. No, how many countries would I mean, just I mean, go you, ahead and write sorry, you? You could easily count that on one hand, excuse me. It's, it's crazy. No, yeah. It, yeah, doesn't happen. Uh Elizabeth Warren, she wants reductions in immigration detention, the elimination of private detention facilities, and she wants to, again, I don't know how, protect schools, medical facilities, and courthouses from immigration enforcement. So basically, she's for sure is waving the sign, you know. I've always been on the fence about privatized prisons. It is an interesting, that's a whole, we should touch that topic sometime. Because that's a whole... Um, yeah, because I, I, I do see 
the propensity to maybe profit off the detention of people. There's a skewing of incentives. Yeah. Right? I, it should be a loss leader for the government, I guess. I mean, it's an interesting. I'm willing to pay for prisons. Yeah. Out of all the things, I'm not yeah. willing to pay yeah. for raises of the DMV, <laughs> but I am willing to pay for prisons. Um, here's a lot of them agree that the alternatives to detention facilities should be electronic monitoring, whatever mm, that means. Yeah. And social work monitoring. Sounds good. Sure. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, they want to end metering. So U.S. officials restrict the number of asylum seekers allowed to enter legally at ports of entry each day. Forget that. That needs to go. Uh, kind of like when you get on a ride and it's counting <laughs> how many people have gone through the turnstile that day. Uh, yeah. Or the supply, dude at the bar with the Dude, supply, clicker. demand, those are concepts of yesterday. Right. We're way past that. Right. Uh, ending family separation. We hear that one a bunch. Expanding DACA to include parents. Those are kind of the... See, yeah, right. DACA. Right. DACA was meant for DACA people. Mm. And now we're talking about expanding You know, it. right? We can, we can shoehorn a couple more things. This is the problem, yeah. right? Everything sets right. a precedent for something else or opens up uh, some kind of pathway to make it larger. That's what the cast government... a bigger net. Right, but that's that's the classic so, rule of our government. Right, so days. I think part of it, too, is when people are like, why are you against X, Y, and Z? Well, it's because... You see where X, Y, Z goes. Eventually, it incorporates incorporates the entire alphabet. Right. If you're not an idiot, it's right. this has happened in the past this way. I'm not an idiot, so I'm thinking it's going to happen this way in the future. Why won't they give us DACA? Well, now we're talking about expanding DACA to their parents. Correct. Right? And uh, but now that we have the parents larger. in there, the parents had parents, and the parents right. have relatives. Oh, and, and there's, the, there's aunts and uncles. Yeah, right. And, right. Exactly. Okay, Medicare for all, mm. biggie. Maybe, maybe the biggie. Um, all the ones are, are big topics, but this one is. This one seems to get a ton of the limelight. And I think Vox did a nice job on this, as far as Vox is concerned. So, let's start off by talking about, and they go through on their website what is Medicare because Medicare for all is getting thrown around, right? And I don't. It sounds good from a buzzword perspective, but that's not really. For example, there's a lot of conditions that Medicare doesn't cover, like pregnancy, because if you're 65 and older, that's probably <laughs> how not, did you get yeah, pregnant? Yeah, it's probably not one that's. It doesn't cover. What if I'm a 20 year old identifying as a 65 year old? Whoa, I, we haven't thought that one through. This, have we? I got to make a note on that one. <laughs> I got to call Ast- someone tomorrow. Asterisk. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Babe Ruth home run. Exactly. Okay. It also doesn't cover vision or dental. It includes significant co-pays and no limit on out-of-pocket spending, uh, which is why a lot of people get supplemental, right? Almost everyone on Medicare is probably on some kind of supplemental. Right, exactly. Um, Hence, people making substantial use of private insurance that are on Medicare, Right. right? Prescription drugs provided by private insurers through Medicare Part D, they say about 34% of Medicare beneficiaries are enrolled in private Medicare Advantage plans. Okay. So that's why, like, look, it's not that you just open up current Medicare to all ages. Right. That's not their plan. That's not the idea. So I thought that was worth at least mentioning when they say Medicare for all. Like, nah. Okay. Let's talk about Bernie's 
Let's get into some details yeah. of What's what it Bernie's means. plan. Yeah. So Bernie's plan bars employers from operating separate plans that compete with this new government-run option. So there's a great... You mean the monopoly? Yeah, right. Okay. So there's a great place to start, making it illegal to do stuff. Not increasing competition, right? but rather you'll go to jail if you compete. Okay. Sounds like a winning start. Sunset Medicare and Medicaid and transition those enrollees into the new plan. So it's it's actually, it's funny, right? Because what we just talked about, it's not expanding current Medicare. It's ultimately actually shutting down right. current Medicare for this new behemoth. There would be two existing health systems that would continue to operate. I thought this was interesting. The Veterans Affairs okay. health system and the Indian Health Services system. But the VA, right? You don't, I, I can't tell you, I, I had heard that one get brought up, but apparently the VA maintains its own track. And if you want to see an example of government ran healthcare, Ooh. it's the VA. Ugh. Right? Remember that whole issue what 5 5 years ago? How many of our veterans don't years. get any care? Sick. It's I mean, crazy. It's it's, it's super Right? Sad. And and there is a healthcare system that is being run by the government for probably some of our most cherished citizens. Right. That's right. We entered a contract with them. They yeah. gave us their duty and service, and in some cases, their li- life on lives. the life on the line. And we said, "Hey, we're going to give you health care, and hey, here's the quality we're giving you. Terrible, uh, right? Yeah. Well, why would something bigger perform better? Yeah. If we haven't learned lessons from that and fixed that one, what, what are we doing? Yeah. I, Literally, what, what are we doing? What, what, I challenge anyone to tell me what government service operates super efficiently. Right. Name one that you say, good, job well done. It's not there. The only thing that probably operates the best, and it's because it's quasi-private partnership, is the post office. Uh, Like you can literally mail a letter anywhere in this country for cents. It's true. Right. And there's it's parts true. of like Africa where it takes a letter six months to get there and you paid a hundred dollars to do it. It's true. Here I throw a letter in the mail, it'll be coast to coast overnight. Boom. Usually yeah. for thirty some odd cents, it's true. forty cents. Right. But it's not a total government run entity. Right. <laughs> right. So you see all the basil trucks uh, up and down the freeway all the time. <laughs> right. You know, other people shipping the mail and right. yeah. yeah, totally. That's right. Um, okay. So the Bernie plan which I think a lot of candidates are kind of on board with when they're trying to make their little tweak differences that they say. I think a lot of people are on board. A lot of the progressive wing is on board with this. There's a super robust set of benefits that come with this plan. I'm ready for the robust benefits. Hospital visits, covered. Primary care, covered. Nice. Medical devices, covered. Ooh, my pacemaker. Lab services, covered. Okay. Maternity care, covered. Mm -hmm. Prescription drugs, covered. Everything? Vision and dental covered. This is better than the Indian Casino Buffet. I think I might vote for Bernie now. If these things are covered... And it doesn't cost me any more, right? Okay, well, we haven't really got there. Damn. And he doesn't really get there either. That's mm. what's funny. But those things are covered. Okay. You need it. You want it. Doesn't matter how much... Unlimited. Demand. Forget okay. it. Sweet. There will be supply, apparently. We're going to... We're gonna some. Seems like a good deal. I yeah. just... Could you, could you tell me what the price tag is? <laughs> so this is where it actually is kind of... We were talking earlier about other countries, right, and differences. 
this is Vox, mind you. Vox says, this is significantly more generous than the single-payer plans run by our peer countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it is. So if that doesn't scare you to start. Because a lot of our countries, <laughs> a lot of those peer countries have been misrepresented in their Correct. systems and what they actually provide. Correct. So here, we're, here's we're led a... to believe Canada and the Scandinavian countries are... The Canadian healthcare system, for example, does not cover vision or dental, prescription drugs, rehabilitative services, or home health services. You want to know a fun fact? Lay it on me. Their prime minister a couple years ago had open heart surgery. Trudeau. In Florida. Huh. Now, it's Florida and it Canada? It was before him, I believe. Oh, okay. But is Florida in Canada? Nope. It's not. It's almost the complete opposite way. Why would he do that? Probably because uh, better health care. <laughs> Uh, but it's going to get even better. Mm. See, um, we're talking. Just about, wait. Right, right. Um, Two thirds of Canadians take out private insurance policies to cover the benefits that they're missing, but those got banned under Bernie. Right. So we're, but we're still good. Okay. The Netherlands has a similar set of benefits, no dental or vision care, as does Australia. So, and again, Netherlands, Scandinavian. Bernie loves to talk about how the right. how awesome the Scandinavian countries are. Right. When Vox is telling you that this set of benefits is like way more generous and out on the curve than our peer countries, we got a big problem here. Right? When they don't agree with you? Yeah. Um, it does not subject consumers, this whole plan, does not subject consumers to any out-of-pocket spending on health aside from prescription drugs. No charge when you go to a doctor. No copayments when you visit the emergency room. it all be covered. This also is out of line with a lot of international systems. Other countries require some sort of payment for services. Taiwan's single-payer system charges patients when they visit the doctor. Australia, people pay 15% of the cost of their visit with any specialty doctor. So, I mean, the stuff that's proposed in here is literally globally unprecedented for as much as he wants to. They always leave out one part. Yeah. We talk about the fact that uh, your doctor doesn't have to accept it, right? They, right. And on top of that, even if you came out with one system, it was illegal to get private insurance or whatever. You got to okay. use the feds version. Okay. You're now forcing doctors to to be single pair as well. It's like, no, right. right this is a, and, and to get paid right. what the government decides to pay me. This is Rand Paul's point that he made many years ago. It's indentured servitude. Right. Right? You become an agent of the government just by virtue. When all of your money, your all of your income as a physician is dependent upon the government, right. literally. They you, are the sole payer. Then you are a government employee. And they'll pay you whatever they think you, you should get. Like, why is that no different than being in China at that point? So back to the supply-demand discussion, won't that affect the supply of doctors? You know what it did in China? That That's a good point. But what it also did was you became a physician and you worked in China. And China said, well, you can only make $100,000 a year. Mm. They started taking kickbacks from other places. They started over-prescribing. And, and, drugs uh, from drugs, drug companies. Drug companies and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, vaccinations and everything else. They were overdoing it because they got more money for selling more drugs. And then so then there were taking money on the bottom end we're gonna we're gonna ban that that's gonna be banned <laughs> it's 
It's crazy. We we used to, what's kind of an interesting fact is, you know, we get our flu vaccine here in the states. Some yeah. of us, and we we have to we have to try to foresee what the strain's going to be when it gets here. Right, little because, predictive uh, right. measures are taken because the vaccine is only good for certain strains of the flu. And as flu season goes on, the flu kind of mutates over and over. Our flu used to come from Europe. It was pretty predictable of what we were going to get. It started coming from China and it mutated so often in China because of the over prescribing and administering of vaccines. It's fascinating that the virus kept changing over and over and over. And we had no way of really predicting what it was going to be when it got here. It's really interesting. Yeah. Cause it would become resistant to it and Make, then change resistant. Completely change. makes sense. Yeah. But overarching, those are the things, things you just don't think the, about. The market you know? finds a way. Right. You can try and squash a market system as as much as you want. The market will find these doctors found mm-hmm. a way to get paid what they felt they demanded for having done the education, the time. Oh, well, you got to pay off a quarter million dollars in debt just to become a doctor. You got to make money somewhere. That'll be free. <laughs> right. No, no, yeah. Free education, so. Of course. Yeah. Free it up. Um let's talk about wealth taxes quickly. Um, both Warren, Elizabeth Warren and Uncle Bernie, they got a pretty serious wealth tax going on here. Let's take away any incentive oh, no, for absolutely. you to become successful. Oh, absolutely. Um, any reason to grow wealth, to invest in capital, to invest in more labor, nah, forget that. Um, Warren's progressive wealth tax, 2% rate after the first $50 million of your wealth. 3% rate only kicks in when you have more than a billion. So nothing to worry about. If you only if you may, if you are worth less than 50 million, you're good. Now, forget the secondary and tertiary effects of all this, in which case you're actually not good regardless of how much you're worth. If you made 50 million, yeah, and then you had to pay a 2% tax, right? You had to give the government a million dollars, right? That is gnarly. Yep. Just, just <laughs> look. I, I understand. Oh, you got fifty million dollars, but to peel off a million to give to the feds, on top of all the other tax you already pay, your capital gains tax, income tax, property tax, different investment tax, like your corporate tax, LLC tax. This is one of a thousand different taxes you already pay. You know, someone brought up a good point uh, in this article. Um, uh, the avoidance will be off the charts. Now, Elizabeth Warren has said the, the plan includes a range of anti-avoidance measures, including a big increase in IRS funding and mandatory audits. Right. But again, the market finds a way. The Cayman bankers will be working double time. Right. With something like this. There right. will be more creative solutions than you can even shake a stick at. I'm sure. Bernie his one is really his his is crazy. His is like progressive to the max. It goes from one up to eight percent. I won't go through all the numbers, but nevertheless, what do you got to make to have to pay eight percent tax? Ten billion. Ten billion with a B billion. That's right. Two um, percent between fifty and two hundred fifty million. One now this is for married couples. Okay, single. I guess it's on half. And then Bernie threw in, um, we need, you know, the estate tax. We need to redo that, of course. Um, 
77% rate on wealth over a billion. So if you're worth $2 billion and you die, $770 million. Government. If you make $10 billion at 8%, yeah. you're paying $800 million to the Fed. Which... <laughs> Talk, what are they doing that, with your eight hundred? That's exactly million? what I was going to bring up. We talk about it on the show all the time. Okay, great. Say like eight hundred eighty million are forced to give it up. It would be. It still is a joke, and against I think all the principles that this country stands for. But the notion that it's actually going to an entity that has any semblance of efficiency that can utilize that money in any sort of meaningful way is ridiculous. Why would you stay here? Right. I'm back to the Cayman bankers. I mean, it's the same thing we talk about with California. 64,000 households pay the majority of the tax here. It doesn't take a whole lot for some of those 64,000 households to leave. Nope. Not at all. Right. We're watching it. I made 10 billion and I got to give 800 million to the government just by virtue of them being the freaking government. That's a lot of flights and a lot of hours for a lot of lawyers and bankers in other countries <laughs> to help to help me figure out how to not do that. I just always have the same, like, who are you Dude. to take my money? But isn't like, that the underpinning of all of what we've been talking about this episode? The, the arrogance that's involved right. with these people. Right. I'm going to take your money and give it to them. Because you're an idiot and don't right. know to do that yourself or to, can't make those sorts of decisions yourself. And I see all and know all. And so I know who needs it, why they need it, and how much they need. I I get, I'm not anti-tax. I get we have to pay some tax for right. shared infrastructure. That's right. right. Uh, it is what it is. Something has to run the carriers that right. protect our nation. Exactly. We got to we got to pay for military. I got it. Uh, we do have roads and things, and we can talk about the inefficiencies. No, no, and but, all but, that. but but we but, do. There's some money we got to put in the pot. This thing ain't free. Right. I got it. I'm using stuff I didn't. It's not mine. I got right? it. I don't get we're going to just tax you more by virtue because you make more, even though you probably use less infrastructure. Like it's always been this upside down triangle. Like the people that pay more into the system it's, use the system the least. Look, I mean, to to, to float, I'm just going to float a little bit here into um, religion, philosophy. It's the nasty, nasty side of envy, right? It's just p- politicized and policy that's enacted based on just pure sinful envy of something. Right. Right. I'm jealous. I would, you I would, more. I would, I would like, like to, to use that money for more things. That's right. It doesn't get any more complicated. I don't think than that. Okay. We're into the last topic, which is good because we only got a little bit of time left. Climate change. Mm. The, the new, the green new deal. And, um, I kind of got back to Bernie and Elizabeth. So here we go. Under Sanders' Green New Deal, um, he has an intermediate goal of decarbonizing transportation and power generation by 2030. Ten years. Clearly, this gentleman did not take many math classes or engineering classes, but apparently in ten years we can decarbonize transportation and power generation. Good luck with that. Okay. This would lower U.S. emissions by 71%. Um, Okay, there's others in the globe. And I this is global warming. Apparently. India's doing this with us? In uh, China? Negative. Okay. Um, no. 
Uh, quote, if the federal government was able to electrify America under FDR without computers or any of the modern technologies we have available to us today, think of what we can do today. I've always been curious. We go 200 years in the future. <laughs> yeah. What would we learn about the way what we, uh, all these green things, mm. what were the negative impacts we either didn't disclose or didn't know. Ooh, good one. Because, like, did we know these negative impacts 100 years ago, 150? Maybe not. We know a lot more things are carcinogenic now, just in general, right? Right, right. But what are we going to look back on 200 years from now and be like, oh, man, everyone thought solar panels and batteries were legit. <laughs> right. They crippled the uh, earth, right? And then there's some new right. thing that it's like, I don't even know, Jetson era stuff. That's back to know? the arrogance, though, right? Right. I mean, it all, it all is under that umbrella that... We think we know. Because the waste of all these devices right. is crazy. The battery waste it's is, true. is there's, nuts. The lithium is super toxic. There's so many topics in the cl- in climate that are so hypocritical, right? Yeah. Um, th- there is a call in his plan to help developing countries curb their emissions by 30. 30- they're, they're just going to get on board. You know? Yeah, they got money. We'd like you to do this. Okay. That yeah, sounds copy good. that, Bernie. <laughs> copy that. <laughs> Uh, the plan generates money from various sources. Taxes. That sounds good, right? $6.4 trillion in revenue comes from selling energy via power marketing authorities. $2.3 trillion from income taxes from the new jobs created under the plan. Right. Well, what I don't understand then is if you're just going to create new jobs and get taxes for that, just create more jobs and get more taxes and then more jobs and Well, there's also the repurposing of existing workers, right? Because you've gotten rid of the carbon places they work decarbonized all this stuff. Right. So the decarboned people are going to go to the new jobs, hopefully. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So how much new workforce are you actually bringing? Uh, Debatable, but it sounds really great for these talking points. Um, And $1.2 is coming from reducing military expenses related to protecting oil shipping routes. Because we no longer need oil, so we don't need to protect tankers. And that's $1.2 trillion. Um, Here's where this gets fun, spending. How are we going to spend a lot of this money? $40 billion for a climate justice resiliency fund for under-resourced groups like Native Americans, people with disabilities, and elderly. $40 billion. $40 billion. To help them get on board. There you go. $200 billion for the United Nations Green Climate Fund. Screw the UN. Two hundred billion to the UN. I'm out. You had me until that point. One and a half trillion dollars to deploy renewable energy and eight hundred and fifty billion for energy storage. Okay. Five hundred and twenty six billion for an underground high voltage direct current power transmission network. Sounds like space age exactly. stuff. I was thinking the Jetsons when I read that. You mean an underground electrical vault? Um and let's talk about Elizabeth. Okay. And climate change here for a second. So she did this. She wrote an article on medium.com. Again, another super conservative Anyone website. Anyone can get on right. there. Right. Uh, I, I have a medium account. We use it for clients. There you go. So she wrote an article at medium.com. So this is from that article. So it's pretty much from her mouth. Uh, the world must limit warming. All this stuff is quotes. This is what she's saying. The world must limit warming to below one and a half degrees Celsius to avoid the most catastrophic outcomes. Cutting carbon pollution roughly in half by 2030 
and achieving net zero emissions by 2050. Done. Zero. No emissions by 2050. By 2050. Yeah. What, 30 years? Right. Totally doable. Um, well, uh, that Swedish girl or whatever helps us <laughs> out. <laughs> the super sad face? Yeah. Um, 100% clean energy for America by de- decarbonizing our electricity, our vehicles, and our buildings. In 10 years. People love this 10-year mark. I love this decarbonizing word. It's own, this, yeah, man, this just sounds good. It's critical. Yeah. Decarbonizing. Louis, I think you need to decarbonize your life. Well, I'm we, start we, using we, this. we de-plastic bagged it. Oh, yeah. We de-plastic strawed de- it. Deplasticized. Yeah. There you go. Decarbonized. So now we're decarbonized. She has a green Apollo plan. I love it. You know, just... Like like the moon landing. This this is audacious. This is big, right. and this is you know just as Cutting much edge. sciency. Mm-hmm. So this is the green Apollo plan to invest four hundred billion over ten years in clean energy R and D, and that's going to help literally spur innovation and help us to develop the technology we need to go the final mile. What a load! What does that even mean? Here's the goals. Ready by twenty twenty eight. We got nine years, eight years. Yeah. 100% zero carbon pollution for all new commercial and residential buildings. Sure. Why not? I can say it so it needs to be true. So no natural gas. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. That kills people. Babies. What about a barbecue? Sales. Can I have nope, a barbecue? That's out. Traeger, oh, man. you're evil. By 2030, two years later, 100% zero emissions for all new light-duty passenger vehicles, medium-duty trucks, and all buses. Boom. Done. What year? 2030. It's right around the corner. 20 years from now. Totally doable. By 2035, 100% renewable and zero-emission energy and electricity generation with an interim target of 100% carbon-neutral power by 2030. Basically, by 2035, any, any... watt that we generate in this country no emissions 2035 it's pretty ambitious sound like a, but but doable she said it oh easy it's a bullet point yeah, it's, it's Louis, i don't paper. think you understand no i got it she wrote it in a medium article that's true it's gonna happen i, I submit i get it okay jobs mm. the big one no uh, we will no longer f- this is this is we're great. not gonna need them this is because the billionaires are <laughs> funding it this is a good one Moreover, we will no longer force workers to make the impossible choice, because I guess this is the only two choices. Between work and being lazy. (laughs) Between the impossible choice between fossil fuel industry jobs with superior wages and benefits and green economy jobs that pay far less. Those are the only two options in the workforce, you realize. And work for the government. Oh, yeah, that too. The jobs we create will be unionized jobs. Of course. With accompanying pay scales and benefits. For too long, there's been a tension between transitioning to a green economy and creating good, middle-class union jobs. In a Warren administration, we will do both things. I was trying to read it in a more you know voice. I appreciate that. Um, Okay, let's wrap it up with these last two points. Zero emission energy and electricity generation. Actually, we touched on that already. I don't think there's... um, I'll require federal agencies to achieve 100% clean energy in domestic power purchases by the end of my first term. Four years. Four years. Well, first term. I might not. <laughs> <laughs> Zero years. <laughs> the catch is we don't know when that really will be. 
And lastly, cars. I'll extend business and consumer tax credits for purchasing zero emission vehicles. And I'll create a clean cars for clunkers program based on the Recovery Act trade-in program to extend financial incentives to encourage consumers to replace fuel-efficient cars with zero-emission vehicles made in America by union workers. Louis, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling good. I feel green. I get the sense from everything we've talked about. As in nauseous. Yeah. Uh, Everything we've talked about on this episode, I just wish someone could zonk me out because in 10 years' time, I'm going to look out the window and this place is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Aliens will want to come here to hang out. 10 years from now, boom. All of these things that are happening with taxes and fees won't affect, won't have any effects. Mm. We're going to have all these new jobs. Very utopian. No pollution. The economy will hum along like it would have if none of this stuff had happened. No genders. Dude, I'm kind of glad we did this episode because I'm feeling a lot better about this. It made me a lot more optimistic about the future. It's good stuff. And if you want even more optimism, keep on listening. You can find us on calistreaming.com, C-A-L-I streaming.com, our website. You can find the links for all these articles up there um, and read them for yourself. Follow us on Facebook. Download us from the Google Play Store and Apple iTunes. Continue to tell your friends and families. The download keeps going up and the comments keep going up too. So send us any show ideas you got. Mm-hmm. Or any comments. Maybe you think John's a whack job. We do too. I do have the tinfoil hats. Totally. So we like getting messages and we're getting more and more and more. Bobby should be back next episode. He should be. Where in the world is Robert? And uh, John, take us out. So if Bobby were here, Bobby would definitely tell you to burn it all down.